We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome back to the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Got a lot to talk about in the world of the Los Angeles Lakers as we get down the home stretch of the season. Joining me today is George Sedano of ESPN. George, how are you doing? I'm good, Trevor. Thanks for having me back on. Hey, before we even get into the Lakers stuff, how are you holding up? It feels like every time I turn around, I see you somewhere else. You're either on and <laughs> on stuff on TV, doing things for the NBA. You're doing play-by-play. You're doing sideline gigs. How how do you manage to do all of this? I have a very uh, <laughs> I have a wife who's uh, pretty easygoing, is the way I would describe it. <laughs> um, so I think that plays a huge factor in it. So um, yeah, I'm very busy right now. But it's look, I'd rather uh, you know it. It certainly uh, beats the alternative is what I would say. So I wouldn't rather, I wouldn't be doing, rather be doing anything else. So I'm having fun. Yeah. I'm calling some games on ESPN radio and then I'm still doing sidelines on TV. So, uh, it's been a blast, but it'll only get more fun here over the next couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to seeing where everybody falls, where the play in teams are going to be, who they're going to be, where they're going to play, mm-hmm. and then getting past that to see, what the rest of the playoffs will look like. So I'm excited. I'm your, your point about the home stretch is fascinating because I'm there. I'm ready. Like, let's just get past <laughs> these next let's eight to 10, 10 games and let's just get there already. So for, for the Lakers, uh, Frank Vogel, just about an hour before we recorded this, we had a media availability with Frank Vogel and he talked a little bit about how uh, he's, they're, they're looking at these next two games with the Pelicans. He understands those are important in terms of determining who's the nine seed, who's the 10 seed, who has home court for that pivotal, of course, win or go home play in game. But he also said that the bigger picture thing, the more important thing is just how the team is playing. Do you, do you agree with that sentiment or should they really, really have a hard eye on getting home court, getting that nine seed, not having to go to new Orleans? How big of a factor should that be for them? Well, I think that if they're concentrating on playing well, I think, the former will take care of the latter, right? I I just believe that that's the case. So I I do understand what he's saying when he says that, that if you're playing right, that's what really matters the most. Because if you're playing right, you should be able to take care of business. Now, this New Orleans team, I was there the last time they came to Crypto.com Arena. It was not pretty by any stretch of the imagination. 
Uh, it was pretty ugly. It was arguably the ugliest game I've been to in a very long time. Where the previous game, I think they had played the Clippers the two nights before that. Uh, and that one got out of hand early, but the Lakers made it interesting in the second half. And as we know, it basically came down to that crazy series where Reggie Jackson uh, had an eight-court, eight-second violation in the backcourt or whatever. It was, yeah. it was nuts. Um, so when I was watching that Pelicans game and the way they matched up, I'm like, you know, I know the Pelicans are playing a little better, but, you know, even if they fall behind a little bit, I still feel pretty confident. They seem to be a better second-half team at the moment anyway. Boy, was I wrong that night. Good Lord. Yeah, that thing only got worse after halftime. So they're a different team with C.J. McCollum. Obviously, they've had a lot of guys in and out of the lineup, but they're a, they're a capable team in the sense that they can beat anybody on any given night. And, and I know that sounds cliche, but after their crazy, awful start of whatever it was, 2-13 and 13 or 1-13, and or maybe it was like 2-15, and 15, something like that, mm-hmm. they, they've been almost a 500 team since then. So they are not a team that you should look at and, and, and think less of uh, because they they've played pretty decent basketball after the first month or so of the season. And of course, Lakers fans should probably expect Brandon Ingram to be back out on the floor. I know he's really close and I'd have to imagine yeah. the Pelicans are going to do what they can to make sure he's been dealing with the hamstring issue, but making sure that he'll be out there on Sunday against the Lakers. And of course they get them again the following Friday. And those games will go a long way towards determining who is the nine seed and who is the 10 seed. How big of a difference do you think it makes for a veteran Lakers team? And we'll talk about them playing more young guys, but overall a pretty veteran heavy Lakers team how big of a deal is it to play that winner go home game in the play in tournament in new Orleans versus playing at home at crypto.com arena. Now I, I sigh because I think to myself, all right, is Anthony Davis going to be available? Do mm-hmm. we know he's going to play in that game? If we don't know, if let's just say he doesn't, then I think that you definitely want that game at home, right? If you have right. a good feeling that he's not going to be there, then you want that game at home. Because I, I, despite what people will say is, oh, Anthony Davis coming back to New Orleans, blah, blah, blah. Right. That's got to be tough. He's already done that. I was there for the game. I was on the sideline that night, that first game back against New Orleans. He's already dealt with that stuff. Yeah, he'll deal with the booze or whatever. I don't think that's going to be a huge issue. He's already been through the worst of it already. But – the Lakers have been bad on the road. I'm not necessarily giving away government secrets here, as I'm sure anyone who's paid a modicum of attention to them understands that. They basically, this last road trip, they got their first win in almost two months, basically, on the road. Now, I know they played much better in this last trip. They probably should have won all three games, uh, or the last three at least. Uh, they gave away that Washington game, but the Toronto game, they played really well. And, you know, obviously LeBron was incredible. And the Washington game they gave away and Cleveland, LeBron was incredible. But the common denominator here, Trevor, is that when LeBron is incredible, they have a chance to pretty much beat almost anybody. So if LeBron is healthy, it really shouldn't matter where they play. But I think for when you when you think of playoff scenarios and say what you want about the play in, is it the real playoffs? Is it not the real playoffs? Whatever. I I consider it the playoffs. Role players tend to play better at home in the postseason. There is empirical data to back that up. So because of that, you want that to be the case, especially because I still think there's an unknown when it comes to Anthony Davis's availability. 
Absolutely. We've heard, you know, from uh, from your colleague, Dave McMenamin at ESPN, that the Lakers are hoping that maybe sometime here in the first week of April, they might get AD back out on the floor, but that's still kind of up in the air. We just don't really know what that's going to look like. The only thing I'll say about playing in New Orleans, as much as it could be a negative playing in front of that crowd, and of course the Pelicans could very well have a draft pick on the line in that where they could wind up getting right. the Lakers pick. So that could matter as well. But I'll also say every once in a while you see this. We saw this when Ben Simmons went back to Philadelphia with the Nets. Sometimes there can be a circle the wagons effect when a team comes into hostile territory, particularly when that hostility is directed towards one player. It can have a weird way of bonding a team. Doesn't always happen. Just throwing it out there that maybe that we could see something like that. Trevor, I've seen it up close and personal. Okay. I saw it when LeBron went back to Cleveland Mm -hmm. um, every time that he went back uh, after he left Cleveland the first time, Um, you know, particularly that game. I always like to reference that game in December of 2010 as it felt like it was the seventh level of hell um, where I don't think we will ever see a return game be as vitriolic mm-hmm. as that was. The signs were pretty gross. Um, and the ones you saw on TV were the tamest ones that particular night. There were batteries thrown at the heat bench that night when LeBron was there from like way up top. Oh, um, it was a scary, scary sight. Um, I think for a lot of people um, and they got through it as you pointed out they galvanized them when Chris Bosh went to Toronto the same thing happened and generally um in on LeBron led teams that has been the case um he when he came back with the Lakers he went to Miami while struggling in Miami in his time in Cleveland he didn't play a ton of games there but the ones uh he did play weren't pretty um but since he you know when he went to back with the Lakers he's had a pretty decent run of it against them so I think that LeBron, particularly of all the players on this roster, understands that the most. Because even Russ, he didn't leave acrimoniously from Oklahoma City. It was just understood. Like, hey, this is the deal. Um, there's there's no ill will towards Russ and Oklahoma City. If anything, they look at Russ uh, very fondly there because sure. when KD left, he was the guy that stuck around for a while. So, But yeah, so LeBron's to your point, been in this scenario multiple times with multiple different teams now, that if that indeed did happen, uh, he would be there to make sure everything is okay. And obviously, Anthony, as I mentioned, has already been through it. Well, let's talk a little bit about about LeBron. I mean, he's been phenomenal this season. I've said that if the Lakers are the three seed, two seed, something like that, he's definitely in the MVP conversation. That's how good of a season he's had this year. But LeBron, when we look at the criticism that's been out there, there's been a lot of people who've been saying he's stat chasing right now, that this season is obviously lost. And I don't I don't necessarily believe that, but this season is completely dead and gone. And the only reason why LeBron's on the floor right now is to chase the scoring title this year and Kareem's record. LeBron has obviously denounced this and said that is not the case at all. What's your sense on LeBron, his performance this season, and that kind of narrative that we've seen out there, particularly from from non-Lakers fans, and as a way to levy some negativity towards LeBron? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Look, man, I've covered the guy for a long time now. You know, again, as I always say, I have a good working relationship with him. I'm not friends with him. We don't communicate outside of the the lines on the basketball floor for the most part or uh, in that particular sphere. Um, But the one thing I do know is that every time he he steps on a basketball court, he wants to win. (laughs) I don't think that he's out there just trying to do it for show. Um, I think he puts up... uh, points or does whatever he needs to do to win a game uh, very early in his career. I wouldn't even say very early, like throughout his career, he's been criticized a ton for not taking the final shot because there's a guy on, on the perimeter as he drives and kicks that's wide open. Right. Like it's just, I feel like he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. Yep. So it, it just kind of comes with the territory with him. Do I believe he's stat chasing? No. Do I believe the record matters to him? Yes. Two things can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think he wants to win a scoring title. He wouldn't have said what he said on the shop if he didn't believe that he could do that and try to win a scoring title. And by the way, it would be an incredible feat at 37 years sure. old to pull that off. Think about it this way. You know, Kobe Bryant's one of the greatest players in the history of the sport, and obviously, arguably the greatest Laker of all time. You know, again, uh, you got to put it into context, right? He was coming off, you know, so many injuries at the end of his career that, mm-hmm. but even he, right, could only muster, I think it was 17 or 18 points a game at, at that age. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I think it was like 14 or 15 points a game at that stage. So you should really look at it and marvel at that, but it, it just comes with the territory with him, no matter what he does. Okay, if you wanted to lead the lead, uh, lead the league in assists like he did mm-hmm. a couple of years ago with the Lakers, somebody would be saying he's stat chasing for that uh, <laughs> while he's finding guys open looks. So it just it just doesn't matter with him. Like somebody's going to criticize something that he does on the floor, but you need him to win because when he puts up big numbers, the Lakers have won games. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what I've been saying as well. Look, if if LeBron really did, if he what some people were calling for, shut it down for the season or something like that, people would be saying, well, then he quit. If he's playing right. hard, he's putting up 50 points. It's, oh, well, he's just just stat chasing. Never mind the fact that it, sometimes it takes 50 points from LeBron. Well, in order and, and in that wins. stretch of like nine or 10 games that they, they went like two and seven or whatever it was mm-hmm. in this one particular stretch. The only two wins were the games he went for 50. <laughs> so it's kind of necessary, you know? The Lakers need LeBron to go Thanos style and just say, I'll do it myself. And, and yeah. that's... Uh, uh, that's what we see out of him lately. But the, the other thing that we got to talk about here is Russell Westbrook. So it's not been a great season for Russ. And there have been times where the fit has looked clunky, uh, whether LeBron's been on the floor or off. I mean, we've talked all about the, the potential fit issues. We talked about it last summer about fitting in with LeBron and it hasn't always looked great, but these last three, four games, things have started to look a little bit better. Russ himself was asked about it and said that he feels like his positioning on the floor has improved. What do you see out of Russ right now? Is this just a hot streak or is this something that the Lakers have maybe finally figured out with Russ 
And then they can build upon that for however long we have left here in this season. So this is going to sound crazy because of the players that I'm mentioning. Okay. Okay. But the additions, the late additions, basically, you know, guys who were available to everyone of DJ Augustine and Wenyan Gabriel has helped space the floor a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is what Russ needs, especially at this stage of his career, where he's probably lost about a half step or so, maybe a little more as far as athleticism, speed, things of that nature. He just doesn't have the exact same burst he would have had even two or three years ago. And by the way, that's natural. Of course, <laughs> in this sport, a guy in his mid-30s is not going to have the same burst. So I, I think that those two additions, and it's funny because I ran into Rob Polinka when I did the game against Philly the other night, and I just kind of chatted with, with him briefly. And one of the things I said to him, one of the first things I said to him was, hey, nice job finding Augustine and Gabriel. And he's like, yeah, I'm just, we're just trying to round out the edges, see what we can do, you know? And, and that's exactly what those moves have done is that they've rounded out the edges to the point where, hey, the spacing is a little better. It's a little more room for Russ. And, you know, even more room for LeBron. And LeBron has always been best when he plays with guys who can shoot, for sure, as we saw when they won the championship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a four-man, you know, Anthony Davis aside, because we know how incredible he is and how special he is, but even a four-man that's just bouncy, twitchy, athletic, right, that's just got some some bounce to him. Um, And, you know, when you can stretch a little bit, you have to at least respect the shot, even though – he hasn't been a great shooter from the outside. He'll take them, and you got to defend them out there. So I, I think that that – I think the fact that those two guys were added to the roster and that Stanley Johnson has started to, little by little, you know, expand his his range a little bit. Uh, Austin Reeves has, you know, streaky as well. Uh, but but he, he'll shoot them from out there, and they gotta re, they got to try to respect them out there. I think teams have – certainly sagged off of him, but I think more guys that can shoot, that can space and that are not, they're not specialists, right? Where they only do one thing for you. All those guys I mentioned, except for Augustine, um, can play two sides of the ball. You know what I mean? Like they can play offense. They can defend a little bit. And even Augustine, yes, he's not a good defender, but he does more than shoot. He can do stuff off the bounce. Yep. You know, if the shot clock is expiring, he can find guy as the cl- uh, find a guy open as he drives and kicks. Uh, he's a functional NBA player. And by the way, he has a history with Frank Vogel uh, from his days in Orlando. So there's some familiarity there. So I think those little things on the edges, as Rob mentioned to me, I think have helped a little bit for Russ and LeBron. Yeah, absolutely. And Augustine even, even goes back to Vogel's Indiana days. So they've, right, they've, that's they've true. got this, right. this yes. they've got this yeah. connection there um, that has definitely helped. Now, when you look at this, it's, I mean, this is just dripping in irony here because this Lakers team was put together as the veteran team, all of the old guys, the, the LAARP squad is what I yeah. saw a lot of people calling them. And yet here we are. And now Frank Vogel is leaning almost exclusively on these young players, you mentioned Austin Reeves, Stanley Johnson. Now, Wenyan Gabriel coming in, is it just the fact that they can do two things? I mean, defend and shoot threes. That's, that's really what you need to put around LeBron James. Is it a little bit of the dirty work they do, just the young legs? What do you attribute this to? And the fact that we're seeing these veteran guys, Wayne Ellington, Trevor Ariza, these guys who we thought were going to come in and play fairly big roles. These guys are now glued to the bench while these young, unheralded guys who, I mean, undrafted Austin Reeves, these have become the key players 
to add alongside the stars, LeBron James and Russell Westbrook right now. What are your thoughts on that move by Frank Vogel and kind of where this is all, this is all heading for the Lakers? Well, to answer your first question, yeah. all, all of the above, right? All those things that those guys do are why they're on the floor. <laughs> um, and Vogel sees it because this league has gotten too good. You can't have specialists out there or multiple specialists out there all the time because they will hunt you, particularly on defense. And if you have guys out there, I like Wayne Ellington. He's a, he's been a very good shooter in this league, mm -hmm. but he can't defend anymore. Like that's just the reality. Now you could have Carmelo out there because Carmelo, at least, you know, I know he's not going to defend the perimeter very well, but he at least can guard somebody inside the painted area a little bit, or, you know, within the, between the mid range, mid post kind of that area. Now there's not a ton of guys operating there, but at the very least, you can have him as like a stretch four, um, you know, or I know Vogel's put him at the five and you're and the fans hate it. But um, I mean, really, LeBron is playing the five when he's next to when he's next to Carmelo. But nonetheless, um, Carmelo's probably the one guy as a specialist that you can withstand for the most part. Um, Malik Monk, I guess I would put in that category as well, um, because Malik is, while not a specialist, I would say just an offensive driven player. He's not sure. a good defender. Um, so and I think that the biggest problems that the Lakers had for a stretch was they didn't know if they could trust Austin Reeves yet, especially earlier on in this season. And they were playing Malik because he was putting up points with Russ and that defensive backcourt. I mean, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but it felt like every time they were out there, it was just like a parade into the paint. Yeah. Like those guys couldn't stop anybody. So with Reeves, the funny thing is, like, I, I think teams look at Reeves and they look at him. He looks like, you know, he should be playing pickup at the YMCA. You know what I mean? Like, and 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 I love the kid. Um, and I and I know LeBron loves him and Vogel loves him. And you can see why, because he's just feisty. He competes. He's long. He's got a good wingspan to him. He beats guys to the to positions like he really knows how to play basketball in a big way. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be Alex Caruso, though. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, Alex Caruso is an elite-level defender. I think Austin Reeves is a notch below that. But I think Austin Reeves could have more offensive game to him, especially sure. if he finds some consistency with his outside shooting, which has been up and down pretty much throughout his career in college. Um, you know, I mean, one year, I think he shot like 40%, and then he was like 29%. So it's like there's a lot uh, of up and down and inconsistencies there. And you're seeing that in, in the games today uh, that he's playing in. But he can put it on the floor. He's got great vision. So he, he knows how to find guys. But that's really the point is that Gabriel can do multiple things. Austin Reeves can do multiple things. Um, you know, Stanley Johnson defends his butt off and can, can do a few things on offense. So, yeah, just having some versatility amongst the roster and less specialists like my thing with them was less about the age because older teams win championships in this league. Anyway, my issue was the specialists. Like you got way too many guys that just do one thing good uh, or one thing well, and, and you can't have that in this league, not in 2022. You can have a couple of those guys on your roster, but they can't, you can't have like three, four or five of them. Yeah. From the coaching perspective, we saw Frank Vogel, essentially trying to play whack-a-mole right i mean he's okay i've got enough shooting on the floor oh no wait no no, no now there's not enough defense okay add some defenders oh right. now we have no space on offense because you didn't have enough two-way guys so that was certainly an issue all season long but you know what these last again it's probably been about four games here or so 
we've seen the Lakers offense and a part of it is credit to these younger guys that are bringing that versatility, but we've seen it just look better. It looks like they have a better understanding of exactly what they're trying to generate. In fact, we're seeing a lot more corner threes being generated. We're seeing Frank Vogel's idea paint to great, which he's been saying for years. We're starting to see that really become a bigger thing as the proper spacing is out there on the floor. So George, let's finish with this. With the Lakers looking, well, more watchable. <laughs> Let me say that. Yeah. More watchable. Yeah. These, these last four or five games or so. Does that give you any optimism heading into the postseason that maybe they can still get a little bit of a run in? Or is this team still kind of you know behind the eight ball when it comes to playoff time? Now, look, again, all of this depends on Anthony Davis's health. Sure. If and, I, I said this on my radio show the other day, that... I kind of use the similar a similar phrase to you. They're more watchable now. They, I feel like even if they went into a series without Anthony Davis, let's say they get out of the play-in, that I, I said they wouldn't get embarrassed. Whereas it felt like for a while they were going to get embarrassed by whoever they played, um, if they if they even got out of the play-in area. And now I feel like if they get out, they're going to at least put up a fight. You, you know, they might not. They probably wouldn't beat. I mean, they're not going to beat Phoenix without Anthony Davis. Let's be honest with each other. I mean, that's my personal opinion. But right. And even with Anthony Davis, I still feel like that's a real challenge for them to win that series. Mm-hmm. If they somehow, Trevor, can win the game against New Orleans in the plane and somehow, okay, find themselves – I'm tr- well, no, they can't get to seven. They're done, right? Like now that it's, I think about it, they can't. It's, nine, yeah. it's nine or ten. So then you're talking about probably the Clippers, Clippers or the Wolves, maybe, eight, maybe right. the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah. Because the the thing is, the seven eight game, whoever wins that is going to be the seven. That's it. Like that's mm-hmm. determined. So right, it's not like they have to play. They would have to keep playing to get the seven. So they couldn't play to, the highest they can get would be eight. Um, oof, that's just tough. Because I thought to myself, if they could ever get to seven, I'd like their chance their chances against a, a banged up Warriors team right. or a banged, you know, a young Grizzlies. Memphis team, even though they're playing better. Um, and look, but, you know, Dallas and Utah are right there too. I don't think they're that far off. They could still, while unlikely could still find themselves in that two or three area. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I just, it would take Anthony Davis to be able to come back and be the guy we saw in the bubble for them to have a chance to beat Phoenix. I, I just, I don't in, in good conscience, I can't say that based off what I've seen um, even from AD before the injury that I would feel good about picking the Lakers in a series against Phoenix. I just think Phoenix Trevor mm-hmm. is the most complete team in the NBA yeah. this season. And sometimes, um, you know, when you think back at the history of the NBA, most teams, that ended up winning a championship went through the trials and tribulation of failure. Um, and sometimes it was just one run or a, sometimes it was a couple of runs, uh, whether it was, you know, go way back to the old Laker days, right. Where, uh, you know, it took how many times it take Jerry West before he finally broke through and won a championship. Right. Um, even when magic got there, I know they won immediately, but they still had the Celtics hurdle and that, that took them a couple of times to get through that. Um, you know, Jordan, obviously we know after watching the last dance for those that didn't get a chance to see it growing up, uh, you know, he had all those battles with Detroit to get through. I think what Phoenix went through last year, I think that they were starting to coalesce in the bubble. We saw they went eight and zero, and everybody kind of mocked, kind of mocked them 
when they were like, oh, yeah, bubble champs, the, the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> right. But clearly they started to build something there, some chemistry, some camaraderie. And then you add one of the greatest point guards in NBA history, right? He comes in. Not only does he help them on the floor, but helps mold a culture. He got what Chris Paul did with DeAndre Ayton. Is, needs, there needs to be books written about that. DeAndre Ayton was shy, uh, an introvert. Um, he, he was a, a, a guy that we were looking at prior to Chris Paul and saying, I don't know, is he like good? Right. Is he not good? Like, is he a stat guy? Is he an impactful player? And since Chris Paul has been there, we've seen that, yes, he is an impactful player. And the other thing we've seen from him is Chris Paul has empowered him. I did a game where the Suns walloped Miami in the second half a couple of weeks ago. And after the first time out, they were down 10, uh, the Suns were. And DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul was out, Booker was playing. DeAndre Ayton was the guy who stood up in that huddle. I was standing right there. And he was barking at all of them. And that's the Chris Paul effect. Mm -hmm. He empowered him to do that. And by the way, Monty too. I'm not trying to take away any credit from Monty, who obviously, you know, as a coach, whether you're Phil Jackson, Pat Riley, or, you know, Frank Vogel, Monty Williams, whoever you are, part of your job is to be able to manage the egos and know when to push yeah. buttons and when not to push buttons. And I think Monty has done a fantastic job with that as well. But I, I think that they've grown so much. And if you go back to that finals, Trevor, you can point to like two or three plays in that entire series that if they go the other way, the Suns are champions right now. Obviously, the, the Giannis block on Aiton, right? Mm -hmm. um, there was the Drew Holiday uh, alley-oop uh, to Giannis, uh, which I thought, as it was happening, was insane. Um, it, like, a couple of those plays go awry, and the Suns won the title. So I think that having been around them a little bit this season and just kind of knowing kind of how teams sometimes they utilize that stuff and, 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 and allow that to grow from those situations. I, I think that they're there right now. They're very business-like. They're great in the fourth quarters. They're good in clutch moments, like within, you know, the clutch time, which is five minutes or less, five points or less. Um, they're the best in the league at it. So it, they're just really good. So it just would be a, it's kind of a shame this Lakers season has gone the way it's gone because I really would have given them much more of a chance to be almost anyone else Mm -hmm. in the in the tournament other than phoenix uh just because phoenix is is that good right now especially if they're healthy well let's not forget too anthony davis gave them a little bit of whiteboard material what <laughs> was that all about i mean come on what are you doing george i was i was in the media session and frank vogel got asked the same question right before that frank vogel went first and then it was anthony davis after and he got and frank vogel i've never seen him get phased by any question he just expertly sidestepped that question and gave credit to the Suns and all that kind of stuff. And, and we moved on. Anthony Davis gets asked the question and then he throws out there. Uh, I think they got away with one and everybody knows we would have beat them and all. And I'm like, even if you think that don't say that when you might be seeing that team well, in say the first it, round, you can say it if you're playing and you're going to be able to wipe, you know, take care sure. of business. But when you're uncertain of what your status is going to be <laughs> that is not the place to say that for sure if you're suiting up and you're ready to play like tomorrow then that's a different story but he sure. was not and i think that was the bigger issue i had with it yeah we'll see if that comes back to uh, to haunt them at all sometimes you know you get like like we saw again you mentioned the, the jordan documentary 
they're going to take that personally. So we'll see if that becomes a factor at all. Of course, the Lakers, they've got to get through a couple of teams first just to get to the Phoenix Suns. George, it's been a rough season. It, is, it has not been the season that we hoped it would be. No. But at least, at least we're starting to see a little bit of better basketball. I think that's all we can, we can ask for. Alan Slee and I were just saying this the other day. All we can ask for down this stretch is that the Lakers continue to play hard, leave everything out there on the floor, and then hopefully they finish the season the right way and things start to click a little bit. Yeah, I, look, you know, you hope for lightning in a bottle. I, mm-hmm. I, I, as you heard me say, I don't think that the Phoenix matchup is favorable for them. But um, look, crazy bleep happens sometimes okay um strange things happen i saw an eight seed Knicks team you know get to the sure. finals one year you know what i mean like granted that was a lockout shortened season but so they weren't like a real eight seed, but crazy stuff happens okay like it, you know I, I i don't think it'll happen um i don't i wouldn't bet on it um but i never rule anything out in sports because um it's the best reality show we have going absolutely absolutely gotta love all the drama well, George, appreciate you coming on here and, and joining me, taking some time, particularly we're recording this on a Friday, particularly towards the end of the day on a, on a Friday. Appreciate you, uh, you joining me here, man. You got it, Trevor. Anytime, man. Sorry, I came. I, I showed up a few minutes late. I know we're recording about 10 minutes late, but I had to pick up the kids today. I was on dad duty, but thank you so much. No problem. No problem. I, I fully understand that and appreciate all of you out there listening and watching as well. Make sure you do subscribe over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Don't forget to ring that notification bell as well. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see ya. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.